Westford on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Tony Casquino joins us to look forward to the weekend's Premier League football action. And let's start with the Manchester Derby. And Harry Maguire picked up a knock at the end of England's game with Germany the other night, which may have made things a bit easier for his manager at Manchester United, I think. Can you see Harry Maguire getting back in the Manchester United team this side of the World Cup, Tony, and being in the England team at the World Cup? Um well, the first one, Matt, no, not the Man United team. If um, Obviously, if there's injuries, that makes it a different proposal uh, totally, you know, proposition. Um, no, I don't, Matt. Um, I think it's, it's a really tricky one for Harry because they've done well when he's been out of the team and he's not played particularly well. Um, obviously, Gareth Southgate in with England seems to want to choose him. He's very loyal and I get that. Um, but he can't rely on Harry because... If any team, and there's lots of great international teams out there, Matt, who got pace, pace in forward areas, if they get down the left side of Harry, they will cause him problems, Matt. And Ten Hag will not be using him at Man United in the starting level. I'm, I'm convinced of that, Matt. I, you know, you don't, you, you don't take players out of the firing line that are big stature at the football club, and he's had a difficult time. The Brentford game was the final straw, Matt, for Harry Maguire as regards to, to starting in the, in the first eleven. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, his feet were all over the place for the penalty he conceded against Germany. Yeah. I felt a bit sorry for him then, though, that he was been encouraged to go forward. He lost possession, which led to the second German goal when he was deep into the German half. I mean, in reality, should he have even been there trying to do things in the first place? Yeah, he was wandering a bit, man. Look, he's, he's okay on the ball. He's decent enough. But you can't lose the ball in certain positions if you become the last man. Once you lose it there, there's only the only scenario, Matt, is a one-on-one with your keeper. And that is a dangerous way to play. If there's somebody behind you and you lose the ball, you can always have a bit of a safety net. But Harry Maguire at the moment, Matt, and I, look, I hate, having play, I, I hate talking about players, Matt, sometimes because they're having a hard time. I've been there myself, and I've had bad times in football. And when you're playing poorly, it feels like the whole world's on your shoulders, you know, and then you're making up a mistake. The problem is he's playing for Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in world football, and he's playing for England, who are always the expectation is they should be challenging for tournaments. So if you're making mistakes, Matt, ultimately you'll be left out of the team if you, you, know, if you do it too often. And he, and he has made too many mistakes. Now, he's out for tomorrow, and apparently Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial are doubtful, which would suggest that United may have to play Cristiano Ronaldo at centre-forward tomorrow if both of them are missing. But would that really suit them in the way that presumably Ten Hag would want to play with an aggressive press to try and limit Manchester City's possession game? Yeah, I, I think it'd be hard to do that, Matt, tomorrow, um, especially if you put Ronaldo into the team. You know, you do lack a, a pace in the forward line and Sancho gives you more pace than Ronaldo. Rashford obviously did before he got injured. Look... Any way we look at this, Matt, Man City are a far better team than United. Now, every, any given day, somebody can beat somebody else as a side. But the one thing that's clear tomorrow, Ten Hag Sunday. will go ultra, ultra defensive, Matt. You think he'll go ultra defensive? Yeah, and I mean, I suppose they exceeded expectations with the way they bounced back to beat Liverpool. But this is different against Manchester City away, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. 
Man City will take it to you. They'll hog possession. They'll, they'll dominate the play in every area. They'll be aggressive in their style. They'll cause you problems. And if they find one or two... Look, Man United over the years, Matt, have had good results against City um, and, you know, really had some good performances. This one's different. They've got Haaland in their team as well, who doesn't need an awful lot of service to score goals. And I'll be really interested to see how Martinez does. And I'm pretty sure that Haaland will try to get on to Martinez during the game. OK, Varane as well. Haaland, Matt, is a big lad. And he'll dominate Varane as well, aerially. So I... I think it's a big test to really see where Man United are as a team tomorrow because Harlem will cause them problems. Will he be able to, Ten Hag, keep both Eriksen and Fernandes in the team or is he going to have to adjust to bring Casemiro in? Because presumably this is the type of game that Casemiro was bought for. Absolutely. Casemiro was there for that, Matt, to break up the play, win the ball, do the simple things, move it. Um, Ericsson Fernandez. I mean, you can make an argument. Well, if you keep the ball, and Ericsson's been brilliant at doing that this year, I wouldn't go so far as saying Fernandez has been as good. But if you can keep the ball, then the opposition are running around. But how many teams really keep the ball against City? It's really difficult to do. So I think it's going to be the type is absolutely necessary necessary for Casemiro to play because he wins the ball and him, then he can move it around. I think it's going to be a really difficult afternoon for Man United. If they were to get anything out of it, it would be an achievement, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Matt, City haven't really got going yet. You know, we've seen moments from them, but they'll punish you. And they've got a goal scorer in their team that, you know, has already got, what, 11 goals in the Premier League? You know, if he gets five, ten chances in this game, expect the worst. And I, I think it's a really tricky game for Man United, even though they've been in form and they've played way better. But they still don't convince me to think this United team can really match someone like City. City would have, have to be at their very worst on, on uh, tomorrow, Matt, for United sort of chance for me. Sunday. I have to keep saying Sunday to you. The main tomorrow, though, is the big London derby. Sunday, yeah. Sorry, it's Sunday, yeah. It's a two o'clock Sunday, man. As I'm saying, I remember, yeah. Okay. But you have a big it's game at lunchtime tomorrow. First against yeah. third, uh, and it's Arsenal at home to Tottenham. So Arsenal have 18 points from their first seven games. Tottenham have 17 points, but Tottenham are unbeaten. What can we expect out of this game? Um, feisty. Um, two teams playing to... Their full potential. I think that stands out. I think if you look at both teams, they're a really good reflection of their managers. Conte's team is more of a counter-attack and they're prepared to give up possession in certain areas of the pitch, but counter really fast. Arsenal like to dominate the ball. And what we've seen, I thought the performance against Brentford, Matt, Arsenal in their last game was terrific because you know this was a side that got beat there the year before. They kept the ball really well. They moved it around, and, and they made Brentford look really average. And Brentford are not an average team. They're a decent side in the Premier League. And I thought Arsenal have done a real number on them. But this will be really competitive. Look, both teams have had injuries, so they've also had a bit of a break. A lot of players on international duty. Um, but I expect this to be a real humming match tomorrow. And um, I, I fancy more Arsenal, because I think Arsenal have slightly been better I thought Chelsea got, uh, sorry, the result at Chelsea for Tottenham, I thought was a little bit fortunate. Um, but they're still exceptional side, Matt. And like I said, the two managers, you know, the experience of Conte could ultimately make the difference. But I just think Arteta really feels like he's a manager on a roll now with Arsenal. But, but Tottenham, Richarlison has come in, he's starting to score goals. They have Harry Kane, who's maybe in and out. But 
Son Hung Min, his recovery in the last game dropped, came in a sub, and what a brilliant hat trick he scored. When he plays, he is terrific, isn't he? Yeah, and he started the season so poorly, Matt, and you, you sometimes wonder why. I mean, look, he was Premier League joint top goal scorer last season, and he was terrific and, you know, got some great goals. And look, he went from, you know, no goals to being second top goal scorer at Spurs after one game, Matt, when he gets the adjective coming on. Um, yeah, and I think Conte will enjoy that there's competition and really fierce competition for places. In his forward line, they're all playing well. I mean, obviously, Son started indifferently, but Richarlison's got a swagger about him, and he, he seems to annoy a lot of people at times. But one thing he does do, Matt, he'll upset defenders, and defenders don't like playing against him. Now, I wonder, will Liverpool benefit from having had the break because they weren't on a good run of form? But they have a difficult match tomorrow when they're playing Brighton at home because, now that said, Brighton are not having to cope with a new manager coming in who is a bit of an unknown character in English football. Yeah, and, um, you, know, you know, Matt, Liverpool, I, I feel their midfield has been so short this year and, and there's a lot of question marks. You know, Naby has been injured. Bad. Henderson been in and out of the team. Milner's started games. Thiago's been injured. And Thiago's the most important one for me because if he plays... Jurgen Klopp is wanting a lot more of the ball and for him to find the passes. And I thought it's ironic that, you know, Darwin Nunes hadn't really played as well because of injury. But Thiago, I feel, was the player that suits him for him to get goals. So Liverpool have been really indifferent, Matt. It's been a really strange... It has felt like a hangover from last season, challenging on all fronts. Um, And you're right. Brighton have been really well drilled. New manager coming in. How much difference? Well, a new manager, first and foremost, Matt, will come in. He'll look at every game and he'll study it and he'll realise that this is how this team functions. And Brighton counter really well. If Liverpool are poor defensively, Matt, Brighton will punish them. You know, Trossard, Gross, them tackle players. Welbeck leads the line brilliantly for Brian. Really been underrated for Brighton, what he's done there, Matt. Um, so it's a tricky one because this doesn't feel like a straightforward Liverpool winter, Matt. No, it doesn't. So let's maybe look at some of the other teams. Uh, Let's take Leeds and Aston Villa because uh, Leeds haven't played in nearly a month now. It's ridiculous with the postponements that they've had. And uh, Jesse Marsh is going to be in the stands after his sending off and the thumping at Brighton. Up against an Aston Villa team which beat Southampton the last day, but in an absolutely dire game of football. What can you expect out of this? Um, Well, as you know, Matt, your leads are, uh, I think they've made some, I, I didn't give them as much credit as I thought they uh, deserved this year because they've actually brought in a number of players and you mentioned, you know, like, there's the lad Adams in midfield done really well. Aronson's come in, done really well. So I expect in Leeds to be a really competitive team after, which was a really surprising result, result in Brighton against Brighton. So And Brentford, um, sorry, they lost to Brighton, lost to Brentford. Yeah, Brentford but they've also man. got this guy, Luis Sinistera, this winger who scored a couple for Colombia against Mexico. He's on a run at the moment. He's scoring every game he plays and he looks like he could be a brilliant Rafinha replacement. Yeah, well, Matt, you've got, you know, you lost, lost I was about to say, you lost, lost Rafinha. I mean, Harrison stayed and I, I like Harrison. I think he's a really com- competent winger that will always want the ball and get chipping with goals. So, yeah, there are good signs and look, he went back, Matt. Jesse, Jesse Marsh went back to a you know, clubs he'd, he'd been involved with before and players he knew really well, um, a couple of American lads, you know, so he, he really knew what he wanted, you know, to, to bring to the football club. And 
after a couple of disappointing results, they started the season really well. But I think it's always... You know, Matt, you know Leeds inside out. This club have to be better defensively. And sometimes they give you too many opportunities. Well, Liam Cooper might be back now. He might return to the team instead of Llorente, who, despite... And look like Bambi on ice at times with Leeds was in the Spanish squad for their matches looks like he's going to the World Cup which is a bit baffling to a lot of Leeds fans there's another guy though that they've got Mark Rocca in midfield who's starting to look like the business as well yeah. but Villa uh, Stephen Gerrard you know is he trading a little bit on the reputation of his name could it be that his success was down to the team that he had around him which is in the management team which is no longer in situ well, give him a little bit of leeway, Matt. If you look at all his major signings, they've all got injured. Liam Bailey got injured last year, and they've spent a lot of money below on him. You know, And then this year, you've had Kamara come in from Marseille, gets injured. He's had Carlos come in, you know, gets injured, the centre-half nearly out all season. So he's had some big signings, players that you'd, you'd feel would have made a difference to Villa um, about being a better team. Um, that's happened to Gerard, But there were also some worrying signs. There's quite a number of players at Villa Park who have been a little bit out of form. I put Ollie Watkins in there. I thought up until the last game, McGinn had not really played till, till we know what he's capable of. And Matty Cash, you like him, saw a lot of him at Forest. When Villa took him, I thought it was a great signing. He's done OK, but has been caught out a few times in games. It's a, it's a strange one with Gerard because I actually believe, Matt, that Villa will stay with Gerard for a long time. I think they'll do the Arteta, where they're going to go, we're going to give him as much time as we can. Now, obviously, if it goes to where Villa really like to be relegated, if they're in that bad a position, that, that will change. But I do feel that Villa will give him every chance of the football club to turn it around. There's a game between two teams tomorrow who, in their first seven games, have only scored three goals each. West Ham <laughs> and Wolves. That's a dire return particularly for West Ham, given that they've spent something like 130 million quid on the transfer window. Yeah, and well, Kamaka's not really played Matt up front. You know, he's only played Europa League games and, um, you know, he's he's not really had an opportunity. I think he played at Villa Park. He started and they won West Ham that particular day. Um, Paqueta, who came in from Lyon, has, has come in quite, quite late in the window. Um, it's a difficult one because... I would say, Matt, of all the teams in the Premier League, to a man, nearly every West Ham player has been out of form. Even the, the best of Declan Rice, he hasn't got going this season, Matt, at all for, for West Ham. So it's a really strange... Both teams, it's obvious, Matt, you mentioned lack of goals. You know, West Ham have been suffering. If Antonio didn't score, then there wasn't many others that could step in. Bowen would do that. He's not got going this year. So it's a tough one. Wolves are in worse trouble, Matt, because... They've had too many injuries to their forwards. And, you know, we might see Diego Costa, Matt, Diego Costa, you know, which would be, I mean, I would love to see it because I want to see him play again. I want to actually see if he's got anything left in the tank, Matt. But Wolves have lacked goals, Matt. I think Wolves have gone nearly a goal a game for nearly three years, Matt, as a, as a team. So three, you know, you're talking two, two, two and three years of lack of goals at Wolves, which has been a standout problem for them. I wonder what it feels like to be a fan of a team that scores so few goals. Um, well, I mean, obviously there's a frustration and expectation, but I would say, Matt, that, that there's a lot of understanding of Wolverhampton. And I saw them play at Tottenham. I went to the game, Matt, and they were superb. They lost the game. They were superb, but never looked like scoring. I actually said it the day after. I said, they're one of the best teams I've seen. They can't score a goal. 
but they, they keep the ball, they move it. Moutinho Neves in midfield are really good on it. Um, but it, it's frustrating. I, I remember Paul Lambert had a period of nearly six months where the, the whole end of uh, uh, Villa Park had only seen two goals in six months. You know, and they, they were, you could feel the frustration of Villa Park. So, yeah, of course, I, I think there's a, an element of, um, you know, teams that can't score goals, Matt, always... They're the ones with the season to get old, as I say. I'm not buying one next season. I can't watch that again. How many times do you hear that, man? When a, a supporter says, I can't go through that again. I can't watch that. Yeah, they always um, go back. Yeah, they go back, Matt. But, you know, there, there is a number that just think, mm, I'm not really enjoying this. It's quite a bit of money. Well, there is um, that because with the cost of living crisis in the UK, I suppose there will be people who will start looking at the exceptionally high prices for tickets and wondering about it. Yeah, of course. Well, why, why wouldn't they, Matt? And if you're not being entertained, because that's ultimately what football is, um, you, you're you going to think twice. And if your team... I mean, what has been nearly three years, Matt, of lack of goals? Um, so, you know, just look at the numbers of the, uh, the goals. I think it's 40, it went 40 and 42 to two previous seasons, seasons over a season of, what, 38 games. That's just over one a game. We've got to leave it there. Tony Casquino, thank you very much for being with us. The last word on sport on Today FM with Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.